All right. Um, what happens when I hit this go live button? Are we live? <laughs> it's We're <good>. live! There we go. Welcome to the Essential Wrestling Podcast. This is episode eight. This is our double main event episode. We are excited. My name is Al Carl. Uh, once again, this is the second week in a row now. Tyler Adele cannot be with us. Uh, but with that, we have it takes three men to fill in for Ty. So with me once again, uh, John Smith will be up in the uh, upper, I believe it is the right-hand corner of the screen. I do not think that's backwards. John Smith, how are you today? Good, man. Thanks for having me back. Always, always glad to have you, buddy. On the bottom right, uh, I got the name plates up. There we go. I'm still a rookie at this, ladies and gentlemen. First time producing the show tonight. Uh, on the bottom right part of the screen is our first ever PWP champion, John DeConi. John, welcome back, buddy. Always glad to see you. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be with you as always. Good, good, good. And then uh, we have a new addition to the team this week. Uh, as you see in the bottom left under me, Ken Peterson, a uh, good friend from mine from college. Uh, I went through, I went to the Attitude Era and back with this guy. We uh, we had a blast together watching wrestling back then. Kenny P, glad to have you, buddy. Thanks for having me out, Carl. Brings me back to the time where I handed you the sweet tape of that Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan match. And then yes, 10 minutes yes. later, you came down to my room going, can I have the real tape of the match? <laughs> Wish I could have took your the picture of your face that day. We'd be millionaires. He, he uh, when, when the Ultimate Warrior returned to WCW, uh, Kenny P taped the match for me against Hogan. And then when he taped it, he uh, edited out all the offensive warrior, uh, offensive maneuvers of the Ultimate Warrior, and that's I didn't see one. <laughs> you know, my childhood hero comes back. I wanted to see at least one move, and Kenny P didn't give it to me. So, <laughs> but uh, as I mentioned before, this is episode eight. This is our double main event. This is the Undertaker going two and zero at WrestleMania, but more importantly, a record was set at that WrestleMania. Um. My hero, Tito Santana, up on the board. Uh, he set the WrestleMania record for his seventh consecutive loss, a record that still holds true today. Nobody has lost more consecutive matches in WrestleMania history than Tito Santana. He started off strong winning the first match in Mania history. He had the most wins in Mania history all time at one point after the first match being 1-0. All alone at the top, 1-0. And it was downhill since, and he lost seven straight. Like I said, it's a record that I am proud of. I love Tito Santana. I love that he was a part of my life the, the year that he was when I was in high school. Um, this actually autographed plaque I said last week was given to me as a gift. Kenny P, you sent that up here from South Jersey. I appreciate it, buddy. Hotspots.com. All right. Uh, today's show, uh, we got huge championship matches announced in NXT. Fighter Fest is taking shape. Matt Riddle makes his SmackDown debut. Uh, Stream Rules pay-per-view championship matches were booked this Monday on Raw. Uh, some interesting music was played uh, on Impact this week or last week. Uh, the first round of the New Japan Cup is in the books. Uh, we're going to main event the show, as always we do with every show, with uh, this the picks of this week's upcoming matches, sponsored by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. Uh, but first, we're going to curtain jerk the show. Um, we heard news this Sunday night um, on the final episode of The Last Ride that The Undertaker is retiring. Um, he mentioned it on the show. 
Uh, WWE has since uh, put out many social media posts thanking The Undertaker uh, for his time in the company. Um, and again, also The Undertaker, I saw, made a post today um, thanking the fans as well for being uh, in his corner for the past 30 years. Um, so I guess the question is, first, uh, John Smith, I'll start with you. We'll go clockwise here. Uh, I guess it's a, it's a two-part uh, question. Uh, the first question will be, um, is this real or not? Um, is this an actual retirement? And then two, uh, who do you see facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania? <laughs> um, I think he believes it, but I don't believe it. Not for a couple of years, at least. Not until they're done with Saudi Arabia. Because they, they flash those millions at him in Saudi Arabia. He'll he'll come back. They have a lot of money. Yeah, they, they paid Vince a lot of money, Saudi Arabia. Hence, you know, it's enough to get Goldberg back. I think you know, they got they got Paul Michaels gave out a retirement for them. Yeah. Uh, John DeConi, uh, your thoughts. Is this real? Is this bogus? I know uh, as a football fan, I know you're a Bears fan. But I know as being a Bears fan, you follow the career of Brett Favre pretty closely. Um. <laughs> There's another guy that couldn't stay retired. Do you think this is going to be a Brett Favre situation? I think, uh, just like John Smith said, I think he believes it as of right now. But, uh, you know, I think uh, harken back to a couple of years ago when we got around January and I, who was it that year? I think Rollins got injured and all of a sudden Triple H took his tie off and, you know, needed to carry the belt into WrestleMania. The right I don't person. Remember that WrestleMania, John. Uh, actually, I, I believe you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if the right person gets injured and the right scenario unfolds uh, in front of him, I think there's no way he doesn't say, okay, sign me up, put me in, coach. Yeah, and it, it seems like um, just through the last ride videos, uh, the, the documentary series, I've seen bits and pieces of it, but he was very high on AJ Styles. So, Kenny P, I'll throw it to you. Um, if he does actually have one more match at WrestleMania in front of the crowd, is it AJ? You know it, man. Mega Battle Two, like it's gonna happen. They, they, he, like he said, uh, probably believes he's not gonna retire now. Give him a meaty program. Give him twelve weeks TV. Give him a pile of cash. He'll go out and have a good match with a guy who can actually have a good match with the Undertaker, which is a guy like AJ Styles who can have a good match with a broom. So let's see yeah. what happens. Uh, speaking of brooms, we still have not found Moppy. Um, back to real life. John Smith, <laughs> um, legacy of The Undertaker. Uh, just your thoughts, your comments. It, hypothetically, let's just, just play along that he actually stays retired. I don't believe he's going to be retired either. Um, I know I've had conversations with John DeConi, especially this past WrestleMania, that uh, the Boneyard, as great as it was, I, I, I think he wants the crowd pop one last time. Um, I think he wants to walk the actual aisle one last time. Um, legacy that. of the Undertaker, the Biker Taker, anything. And I got, like, look, I got to throw. I just thought of something to do. I throw that out there. I'll let you talk first, though, pal. Oh, I think the Undertaker's legacy is that he went five years too long, maybe four. I think he should have left when the streak was over. Maybe they shouldn't have ended the streak when they did. But once the streak was over, then a lot of his mystique was gone, in my opinion. Okay. Um. John DeConi, how about this? Since we had, I think uh, you reiterated that point. I think it was a couple of uh, the first time you're on. Um, you reiterated the point that I just made about the Undertaker wanting one one last uh, walk down the aisle. 
But let's 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 play devil's advocate here. The Undertaker's retiring. Does that mean Mark Calloway's retiring? Does he just hop on a bike and ride down the aisle at WrestleMania? Yeah, I, I, I suppose the American badass could make an appearance instead. I don't think anyone would be too against that if it was the right scenario. Okay. Kenny P, you've been a, a story like myself. You've been watching wrestling for a long time. I'm sure you remember The Undertaker debuting at the Survivor Series way back when. I believe it was 1990. Uh, I mean, it was a part of the Million Dollar Team. You got a favorite Undertaker memory. I know a match for me personally that I know you would love um, with Undertaker and Bret Hart from SummerSlam 97. That was the match that kind of got me back into wrestling. Yeah, I was in the building for that one. That was a uh, hell of a contest. And uh, as soon as Hitman ra- uh, won the belt, I ran to like the lower bowl and held up my big uh, black and pink five sign and uh, met up with a bunch of other Hitman fans afterwards talking about how cool the Hitman was and screaming Hitman and screaming five and telling anybody in the Undertaker shirt that we saw the rest of peace for the rest of the night. And uh Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, we're supposed to be talking good about The Undertaker. My bad. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, memorable match. Uh, I don't know. He's had a bunch of them. I, I'll go with the Jeff Hardy ladder match from SmackDown. That's a good one. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I guess this story, I mean, it's to be continued. Um, actually, I was talking with Tyler on the phone yesterday. We were talking about whether or not um, they pull kind of like a Ric Flair thing from WrestleMania 24 where they actually put him in the Hall of Fame and give him one last match um, all on the same night. Uh, that, that's food for thought. I like to see that. I think everyone I think everybody wants to see him walk the aisle one last time, you know, as the Undertaker, not just as, you know, Mark Calloway on a bike. Um, I, know, well, I, I know, think, uh, ABA Taker is the best taker. So uh, they love hearing that Fred Durst uh, – those sweet tones of Fred Durst as he raises the uh, revs the bike and rides it down. So I don't know. Who knows? It all depends on how he feels anyway. There you go. You got it down. Keep on rolling, baby. What I'm saying is that, uh, uh, sure, people want to see him one more time, and they could definitely do that, put him in the Hall of Fame, and then have him wrestle one more night. Like, yeah, I don't think it'll you know, they, they, He's going to do it every once in a It doesn't have to be a great match. It's just one match. Just get the appreciation, you know? Um, but take her good as flowers. Yep. Okay, so let me find. Here we go. So we're going to uh, switch gears because the year 2020 um, hasn't been a great year in this world Uh, by any way, shape, or form. We we seem to be getting hit uh, in every way, shape, or form from all angles, um, and the wrestling world finally got caught. Um, Kind of a black eye uh, was given to the wrestling world this week, uh, by some women that were coming out on social media, um, claiming to be, uh, abused sexually, mentally, uh, emotionally by male wrestlers, uh, more so, uh, in the United Kingdom. I know, uh, a couple stories have come out stateside, but, uh, we just want to kind of throw this out here from the essential wrestling podcast. Um, and everybody at the Eastern observer, um, keep speaking out. Uh, we hear you. Uh, we want this to stop. We don't want to have this happen to anybody. Um, it's 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 the same. I'm I'm more shocked that it's going on. Maybe this is naive on my part. Um, that stuff like this is happening. But um, we just want to just reiterate again. You know, we hear you. Uh, we care. Uh, we don't want to see this happen to anybody. Um, we know uh, certain stories. Um, have come true uh, to fruition, whereas Joey Ryan, 
and Dave Chris uh, in Impact were released, and Jack Gallagher was released in WWE, and even more so, we had Sammy Guevara and Michael Elgin both being suspended from their respective companies. So uh, these aren't just people trying to get attention here. This is this is real stuff, and this is happening, you know, in real life, and this is true. So um, keep speaking out. Uh, the, the more we speak out, the, the more we can weed out the bad eggs here, and uh, we can go forward and get go back to wrestling, um, which is what we love. We want to see these characters. We want to see these people on TV. So, and if all this going on has made you want to not watch wrestling please take some time to reconsider because with all of the garbage gone that will leave nothing but good people and smart people and respectful people as a part of pro wrestling. So keep speaking out and put them all in the bin. That's it. So, and, and going forward, uh, it's kind of going to be a weird transition. I still didn't, I know we were talking about this in pre-production. I was supposed to transition this and I just can't. Um, but uh, actually one of the people that was uh, accused in all this, but apparently uh, I don't know if it was false or still under investigation, uh, was Matt Riddle. And Matt Riddle uh, happened to make a SmackDown debut Friday night uh, in a very, very stallion way for Matt Riddle as he interrupted AJ Styles' Intercontinental Championship Tournament celebration ceremony, presentation, whatever, you know, all the shuns that you want to put on the end of it. Uh, they went on to have a match, and then he actually beat the Intercontinental Champion. Um, John Smith, we'll start with you first. Uh, the significance of the victory, the significance of the debut. What are we thinking here? Well, the second it was non-title, we kind of saw that coming, I think. But it was a barn burner of a match. It um, it lived up to my expectations. You know, Daniel Bryan getting involved a little bit, causing AJ Styles to get distracted. You know, it was a good way to... And the match, you know, it was ninety-five percent clean victory, I guess, you know. But yeah, uh, well, AJ was the one that was going after Daniel Bryan, you know, not Daniel Bryan's character, you know, not anymore at least, you know, for that for that time being. I guess Daniel Bryan would have caught, tried to cause a distraction, but you know, Daniel Bryan was just sitting there watching. Yeah. Um, John, the kind of I thought that was actually pretty cool that they kept everybody out there. That was like a like a non lumberjack lumberjack match. You know, we're gonna get at the lumberjack matches a little bit later on in the show. Because we got one coming up tomorrow night, but uh, that was actually pretty cool to see the wrestlers just stay out there. Yeah, exactly, an impromptu lumberjack match. Uh, and since we, what little we know about this upcoming SmackDown is that Styles will face Gulak. We know Gulak is already tied in with Debray. We know Debray kind of pushed the issue to make AJ have the match against Riddle. So do we wind up with a little mini stallion stable here with Debry Gulak and uh, Riddle? Kenny P, you're you're the Riddle guy. Uh, I've had a conversation exactly. Uh, him and Gulak were buddies way back when. I know you're uh, you're big into the independent scene. Tell me some. Uh, tell me the connection between Matt Gulak, uh, Drew Gulak, and Matt Riddle. They were in a posse called Catchpoint when they worked for the now defunct independent wrestling fed known as Evolve. Um, they uh, basically provided, they prided themselves on being great mat wrestlers, which they are. And so uh, them being in the mix with Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles is where they should be talent wise. So it's good to see that they are doing the right thing in that they know what they have with Matt Riddle's in-ring talent and are positioning him 
uh, in a place where he his talent would be reflected. It's not like he's having you know opening matches against. Um, you know, he's not, he's not just defeating Mojo and squashes. Like he's in uh, right away coming into a real program with, uh, you know, a real talent, but, um, you know, I'm not going to continue to super support him. If these allegations turn out to be true, he'll just be another talented wrestler that I don't want to watch wrestle anymore. But that being said, it's a television product and, uh, that, stuff aside it was entertaining to see and it was good as a long time drew gulak fan to see him in the mix of all of this as well yeah gulak's a philly guy you know that's down in your neck of the woods um but yeah i don't know who mentioned last week that matt riddle should be you know fighting mojo raleigh and that guy will remain nameless but what a moron huh oh my god he was way off um <laughs> I thought it would have been a nice, just an easy win just for him to start off his career. But yeah, we'll get to Mojo in a second because I got a question about Mojo. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, AJ, we'll get into AJ and Drew Gulak uh, at the end of the show. They are fighting uh, for AJ's Intercontinental Championship. Um, I think that would be a really awesome stable if they get the three of them together. Um, it'd be kind of funny, too. You know, Riddle brings that extra flavor of the, of the personality that he has, too. Uh, there'll be a lot of fun with him, Daniel Bryan, and then, you know, kind of messing with Drew Gulak, too, because Drew's kind of serious. Um, also on SmackDown, um, we saw the reincarnation of the Eater of Worlds. Uh, we do know that Bray Wyatt has had a history with Matt Hardy. Um, they're kind of doing the same thing now. Bray's just transforming between gimmicks of the past, the present, and the future. So, John Connie, I'll start with you first. Uh, where are we going with the Eater of the Worlds? Where do you think Bray wants to do with this, trying to get the Universal title back? Uh, well, I think we now have the, the three faces of Wyatt. So, you know, I, they, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of things you can do with that going forward. And as wrestling tends to do, you can recycle some of the stuff that was done with the three faces of Foley, switching yeah, back yeah. and forth between, and as Hardy's now do, you know, doing presently. Uh, so there's, you know, possibilities are endless. Uh, I I think it was interesting that for the first time we saw Strowman act at least like perhaps he's shaken. Like this is, you know, yeah. hearing his master's voice from back in the day. He clearly wasn't worried about the sweater vest, Bray Wyatt. Uh, obviously, I think the the lead in was to make everyone think we were going to see the fiend by the end of the se segment. But we get the eater of worlds, the three faces of Wyatt. Who knows where they're going with it, but sounds like uh, it's got the potential to be entertaining at the very least. So I'm all good with that. Yeah, and there's a fourth face for Wyatt, too. His name is Husky Harris. Kenny P, do you think Husky Harris is going to get the next crack at Braun Strowman? I'd pay attention if he did. <laughs> when you say eater of worlds, is he, did he come out in the Florida shirt with the hat and the rocking yeah. chair and stuff? Follow the buzzers, and then that's how the end of the show was run. Gotcha. So, so that's yeah, fine. I mean, it's good for them to have a character that they can make uh, a few different personas of and be able to sort of, I you know, recycle the three faces fully, but do it in a different way. Three faces wide. That's fine. Uh, you know, they need to do something to rehab him and build him back up again because, I mean, he's still over his character. I know his action figure is doing very well. That just was released. But um, they're going to have to do some better creative to keep that character nurtured and interesting and exciting for people to watch yeah so john smith this looks like this is leading into extreme rules here um any uh early predictions on if there's going to be a match type i know there was two matches and we'll get to those 
uh, when we talk Raw, two matches were signed, but there were no extreme stipulations involved yet. Do you think this one will have one? Um, it could be. What, what's that match that he had with with Randy Orton a few years ago in the house? Could be something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Either way, I I see him losing at Extreme Rules as old school Bray Wyatt, and then at SummerSlam, the Fiend has to be the one that takes Braun Strowman down. It's exactly where I was going with it. You know, I think this is all got to circle back to the Fiend at SummerSlam, and that's going to be the one that can't beat Braun. What's the uh, over under on them projecting bugs onto the ring mat again? Oh, no, oh, the under that was do without that. No, that was. <laughs> I, I, I get, I give him an effort for trying. But between that and then whatever that sperm-looking snake thing that was following Randy Orton to the ring, um, that was yeah, that, was a lot, that match was a lot to take in. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't remember a lot of that match. I just remember all the exactly bugs in the ring. And a sperm chasing Randy Orton down the entrance ramp. <laughs> um, Nightmare so, fuel. Shorty G wrestled Mojo Raleigh. We'll get Mojo out of the way real quick. Shorty G uh, wrestled Mojo Raleigh. Uh, uh, John the Connor will go with you with uh, Shorty G as your pick to fight Riddle and in a very good wrestling match. And if Shorty G were in that group with, you know, Gulak and Daniel Bryan and Riddle, that'd be pretty awesome with the four of them. Um, Cole was screaming that that was an upset, that he beat Mojo Raleigh. Can you, uh, I, I don't normally throw things at my TV, but I wanted to throw something at Michael Cole for that one. Can you just kind of make sense of that, or is he just being... Uh, that's Michael Cole being, uh, what do you want to call it, sizest? You know, in, in wrestling, the big man is always the favorite. Uh, unless his name is, you know, Shawn Michaels. I don't, you know. No, so you see, when you say that, I know he's got somebody in his ear telling him, yeah, this, this sounds well, like exactly. Well, we all know who the real size queen is, and it's, 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 Mini <laughs> Mac and Gorilla. Damn it. Leave my name out of it. Um, yeah, okay, so going forward, yeah, I, I answered my own question on that. Thank you very much. See, that just clarified my – now I'm okay with it because, you know, I don't, it's not coal. You're not crazy. You're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, two more things we'll, uh, we'll we'll get to before we move forward. Uh, John Smith, I know you're big fans of Cesaro Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, we heard from that from last week. They ended up jumping the New Day after their match with the Lucha House Party. Um, anything you want to bring that to light? They seemed very, very upset, and I believe Cesaro was yelling a lot into the microphone, uh, Michael Cole's microphone. Yeah, I, I think they should let their, their fists do the talking more so. I mean, Cesaro hasn't proven that he can talk too well. Uh, Nakamura, obviously, is going to give us the Oscar treatment, but um, I just would love to see them be the ones that take the belts off of the New Day. I they need to do something with these guys. They're two yeah. of the best wrestlers in the company. Uh, Kenny P, anything you want to add to that? You want to add? Because we didn't, I know you had a conversation last week between the New Day versus uh, potentially versus Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. 
Yeah, Cesaro and Shinsuke are definitely uh, lost without Sammy being the mouthpiece. Uh, and I totally respect Sammy's decision for not being there at this point. Um, but it definitely, you know, you replace Sami Zayn with Mojo Rawley, it's going to be a downgrade. I don't care what sport you're playing. So um, it's, uh, it, it would, Cesaro, like the New Day are going to be over regardless, no matter what they do. Whereas I think Cesaro and Shinsuke need that little extra something sizzle to add to their, you know, in ring when they're allowed to be great. So if they were to win the titles, I feel like there would be way more interest in them as champions than them chasing. Yeah. Well, that'd be great. And, and I hope they hold them for, if they do get them, I hope they hold them for a while. I mean, I know the SmackDown tag division isn't really all that strong because they just booted one of the teams off TV. But, uh, you know, I think there's only like four teams in that division right now. And it's, no reason why they can't hold it for a while, or at least until an USO gets back. That would be that would be fun too. If you throw the USOs into that, when, uh, there's, the other USOs got to be coming back soon, right? Is uh, one of them injured or is it a personal? Uh, that's my Jersey girl on Miss TV. Sony Deville wore the hell out of that pantsuit on Friday night. I loved it. Got into it again with Mandy Rose. This isn't going away anytime soon. Do you want to see this in some sort of extreme rules match? That would be fun. Absolutely, I think uh, I think her threat to Mandy uh, that she would uh, she promised to take away her only asset, her beauty. I, I think this leads us to some kind of extreme match. Uh, it leads us hopefully to Sonya taking the W there, and perhaps uh, a Trish Stratus uh, face mask on Mandy Rose for the time for a little while going forward. Once again, rehashing an old storyline. Yeah, that that wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I, that that was a wasn't someone else wearing a nose guard recently too? Was it? Oh, Cody. Never mind. Cody. Speaking of Cody, John Smith, your opinion? Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward. That's my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny P, I I, I want to. We haven't really talked a lot of women's wrestling with you over the years. Sonya Deville, though, has got to be at the top of your list, no? Eh. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't, I really do, I don't have any. Um, uh, neither of these two characters are very uh, exciting for me. So it's just kind of like a meh kind of segment. And that's, I mean, I'm watching old Bailey matches from Shimmer, like before she even got signed. This is what I've been getting into as far as women's wrestling. It's like literally yeah. stuff from eight years ago. So, um, but, you know, the, the I, I'm in more excited about the title picture with what's going on as far as the women are concerned. That's yeah. We'll get to Sasha and Bailey. We'll get to them. We'll save them for the very end, um, considering they've been everywhere. So we'll just hold off on them until we talk about Raw, because that's the last we saw them. Um, quick shout out. Uh, they ran a quick uh, package on SmackDown. Uh, Titus O'Neil, everything that's going wrong with this world, Titus O'Neil seems to be keep doing right. Um, he was nominated for the ESPN Muhammad Ali Humanitarian Award. Um and he just keeps on doing great work uh, for the community. Um, I don't really care if he wrestles or not. Titus can stay as long as he wants. Uh, Titus is A-OK -okay in my book, and he should be A-OK -okay in everybody's book. Um, keep up the good works, Titus. We appreciate it. Uh, John Smith, there's your logo, buddy. As our senior NXT correspondent, you have now been dubbed. I'm trying to give everybody titles here. Our senior NXT correspondent. John Smith, 
Uh, how would you like to yeah. this off? I'm going to give you the reins on this one. Uh, where do we go? There was two title matches. We got a bleep show with the North American and NXT title um, that I know we can get into a little more detail when we pick matches later, but you can uh, you can take the reins on this one. I'd like to start with the whole uh, four-way interaction with, uh, who was it? Gargano, Balor, Cole, and Keith Lee. Um, I think that that's a real interesting way to get them all involved. I I think Cross is going to do something to Keith Lee next week to cost him his title because he broke his hourglass. Yes. And that, the, I just want to cut you off real quick, John, because I forgot to make this joke last week. Um, we all know Scarlett Bordeaux has a, has a very good hourglass. I just didn't think it was actually literally an actual hourglass. Continue. <laughs> Good one. So, yeah, I, I definitely see Balor taking the title from him. I see Balor pinning Gargano. Keith Lee was t is taken out by Cross. Then I see Cross interfering in the, in the world title match where the titles don't get unified. But it's going to set up Cross versus Cole at, at, at the next takeover. That's the way I, I look at that one. Okay, so, I mean, uh, all right, John, the kind of, we'll throw it down to you then to, to keep going with this. So, uh, we're kind of, you know, we kind of came to agreement that we were okay with the heel versus heel aspect of Adam Cole versus Karrion Cross, And it looks like we really had nothing to worry about to begin with because Karrion uh, Cross isn't involved in any of this. Well, at some point, he's got to be. Just like at some point, obviously, Dream... The stipulation is Dream can't go after Cole as long as he's holding the belt at the moment. But like we talked about last week, there's so much talent there at the top of the card. You've got Cross. You've got Dream. You've got Gargano. Can't forget about Champa just because he got crushed by Cross. Yeah. You got Baylor. You got Lee. You got Cole. Now, Rizongo. <laughs> now, pay attention, Al, because you, you may never hear me say this again. Okay. But I'm going to put my trust in Triple H <laughs> that he's going to come up with something that I don't see coming at all. Because right now, as I look at that situation, we just said last week how much talent we have at the top there. You've got six guys for two titles, and somehow they've decided to throw four or five of those six guys all in one pile and have them come out with one man holding both titles. Yeah. That makes no sense to me, but I'm going to cross my fingers and trust in Triple H that something happens that's going to make me say, okay, there you go. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Kenny, I mean, Kenny you've known me you. uh, since 1998. You lived down the hall for me in Rhyme University. I'm sorry, Ken. I was cutting off, pal. I didn't know you were talking. Go for it. I remember when uh, Jim Crockett totally did that with uh, Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff and Roddy Garvin and Terry Bam Bam Gordy, and he just threw them all in a pile and was like, whoever's going to win is going to win both belts. Definitely happened. No, it didn't. Now, <laughs> now, do you trust Triple H to do the right thing for the people here? Because to tell you the truth, he's, obviously he's paying attention to AEW because he's, he's putting this title for title match right up against uh, what will most likely be the main event of Fighter Fest and John Moxley and Brian Cage? 
How dare you put the disrespect on Orange Cassidy's name, saying Heyman versus Chris Jericho will not be the main event of that show. How dare you? Okay, I will table this conversation for now and uh, to the next time because we are talking about AEW. I don't trust Triple H to do anything. El Fantasmo, uh, El Hio del Fantasma, Joaquin Wild, a.k.a. DJZ, and Raul Mendoza are the three dudes to watch on NXT because they're going to sweep up and clean up all those guys because somebody's going to leave out of the seven guys that John DeConi just mentioned. Somebody's going to be leaving. Other guys are going to be going bump to the main roster. And uh, El Hio del Fantasma is the dude waiting in the wings for whoever's going to come out on top of that nine-guy pile to be like, that belt is mine. All right. You don't think – well, you're going to think he's going to do an ass cruiserweight champion or think they're going to keep him down there for a little bit? He'll be cruiserweight champion to be established, and then he'll probably just win all three belts. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna okay little Lance Storm action, right? And then he's gonna rename him uh, after different Mexican provinces. <laughs> I I'd pay to see that. Then. Does Mexico have provinces? Add us at Twitter if uh, Mexico has provinces. Thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, going forward. Um, John Smith, Brizongo uh, didn't get the job done in the opening car in the opening match of the show. Um, interference from Indusheer, um, and then trying to be saved by Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch kind of caused um, a huge bleep show, a huge cluster bleep, whatever you want to bleep here, uh, where Imperium uh, snuck out the win. Um, but there, you got, now you got four teams. Now you got a whole group going after uh, the titles again. Yeah, I love the way Brizango is looking now that they're back in NXT. Um, the entrance they made to Imperium to a remix to Imperium that was awesome. And uh, you know, if they keep this up, I, I definitely see them being tag champs not anytime soon, but within the next year or so. Because that that tag division's been kind of lacking lately, and you know they're a great addition to it. John the County, anything you want to follow up here on how great Brizango's entrance was? Uh, hey, uh, you can show me Imperium versus Emporium as many times as you want. Uh, I'm buckling in and watching. All right, so, uh, Kenny P, we'll throw this one at you. Uh, the following match, um, after the, the tag title match, uh, was Damien Priest and Killian Dane. And we, I didn't bring this up last week because I didn't know if it was going to be, uh, if I was just reading too much into it. Uh, because Priest was just, he just did an interview um, after his loss to Finn Balor at TakeOver, but it seems like they're making Damian Priest a, a, a face now. A, a, a quote of a face, a baby face, a good guy for all you uh, people who are layman's here. Uh, are you okay with Damian Priest uh, going the good guy route here? Well, so we all know that the idea of good guys versus bad guys has become passe. Triple H loves this guy and uh, had to just basically do the classic another Vinceism of how do we get out of this? So how do we get out of how do we get this golden guy out of this program with Balor and reposition him as a good guy so that we can then make lots of money on him maybe. So I think that's this is the beginning of that happening. 
And uh, everything we've seen of Damian Priest now is him just getting used to the NXT system. And now that he's been there for a little while, has more experience, is going to be ready to step into that babyface role, which I think will be very good. And uh, things will be positive for everybody. And there's we have one more entertaining, one more entertaining act on a show that needs entertaining acts. All right, now Kenny P. Uh, I, don't, I know I know you watched or you used to watch Ring of Honor. I remember back in the day, his name was Punishment Martinez. I like that name a lot better. Are you okay with the name Damian Priest? Just out of curiosity. Sure. Yeah. I think it's it's. I feel like they're the same kind of name. It's just like, you know, guys get in the car and they drive up and down and they goof around with like what names they're gonna be. Like Chuck Taylor's got a whole notepad. He used to read off. He was just like, one of them was actually used by current ROH wrestler Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Like there's just these whack random names he's just got in a notepad, and it's just like, you know, two words with a random name. <laughs> um, two quick notes uh, about the NXT Women's Division. Um, Aaliyah beat Zia Lee uh, with unintentional uh, help from Robert Stone, who threw up in the middle of the ring. Uh, Aaliyah finally got the win, and I think she finally got signed by Robert Stone uh, to be a part of Robert brand what was that john he's gonna puke yeah. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna stop here's here's the question of this so ever since chelsea green fired robert stone after that whole when tagging with charlotte flair and doing that whole thing chelsea green has not been on tv and robert stone has been on every week entertaining and elite has been on every week entertaining and now they're finally is this backfire on chelsea green John Smith, the NXT guy. I think they have other plans for Chelsea Green. I think they're letting us, you know, wash our brains of her for a minute. And then when she comes back, she'll be something different or, you know, just not tied to that at all. She'll just – or maybe she'll come in and beat the crap out of Aaliyah. Who knows? Yeah. That's going to be the ready-made feud, right, John County? That's that's the ready-made – Sounds about right. I have a I have a better question that's been bothering me since uh, Robbie whatever his name is showed up as Robert Stone. Yes, you've already got a Roderick Strong on this roster, and now you yeah. have a, a Robert Stone. Is that not the kind of thing that, let's say, you know, the uh, sun shines upon him and he makes it to the main roster? Does that not scream of Vince sitting in the gorilla position and right before he walks through the curtain going? We can't have that name. You're Bobby Pebbles now. All right, down there. <laughs> I almost like that better. I, I thought we were going to say that he's going to. For sure. Because, I mean, Roderick Strong is going to be an NXT lifer. I feel like if he ever gets called up to the main roster, it's going to be done for. His next move is going to be away from the company. So, yeah, I could definitely see Robert Robert Stone being a, uh, a main roster act and Vince being like, mm. We've already got an RS on the roster. Well, I was watching, damn pal. And they already got a guy named Robert, Robert Rude, who we just found out. Uh, he does. He's he's still not there. Him and those Singh brothers. Did you see him on the side of a milk box? Where did you see him? <laughs> Dolph Ziggler name dropped him. He was a part of the AJ Styles trade. We'll get to that. That's right. I, I saw a graphic. I forgot. I almost blinked and missed it. Uh, also in the women's division, Dakota Kai beat uh, Caden Carter. Try saying that five times fast. Uh, Dakota Kai, Caden Carter. Um, 
Then uh, I spotted another Jersey girl at NXT. We got Casey Canzaro got involved, and Raquel Gonzalez got involved. I'm hoping there's a tag team match at some point in time in the next few weeks. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm loving that, Casey. I can't believe as tiny as she is. You, you really don't under, understand how small she is until you put her up against probably the smallest person in NXT. She's still shorter. Yep. Um, Super and the last point I want to get to like, in uh, NXT. Like and, you know, she's very, very tiny. Yeah. The last point I want to get to in NXT. I was, I was excited. Leon Roth got entrance music. He got a Titan video. He's a part of the team now. John DeConnie, you're laughing. I'll hit you up. Leon Roth is here to stay, I think. Uh, no, I, I was I was waiting for you to finish that thought. He got entrance music. He got a Titan Tron. And then he got squashed. Yeah, he got squashed. <laughs> That's irrelevant. No, he's on a team though now. He's got, he's got, he's got an entrance music. John, the, uh, John Smith, are we getting pyro for Leon Ruff this week coming up? That's the only thing that's missing right now. <laughs> Maybe one of those 3D graphics, you know, that they put on, they have on SmackDown with the Miz, you know, when he comes up. And yeah, like the New Day has and stuff, yeah. <laughs> now, he's just going to be the resident jobber, at least for a while. Yeah, he, it, it's fun. He's, you know, he, he's excited, too. He, he came down with, uh, he was fired up for that match with Bronson Reed. All right, uh, moving forward, uh, here we go. Actually, I actually made nameplates for this. All right, ready for this? Dynamite! There we go. A-E dub, A-E dub, A-E dub. <laughs> all right, started the match off. We had, like I said, uh, the, big, the big focus this week were the, a lot of the company's tag titles were on the line. Um, uh, Imperium defended and now also on this Wednesday night, uh, Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman Page. Uh, they defended it against the Natural Nightmares. Um, any thoughts on this match? This wasn't really anything as crazy as I kind of thought it made it out to be. Ali showed up and really didn't do, you know, cause any controversy. Like QT Marshall had a pretty good match, though. Kenny P, did you check out uh, AEW uh, this match? I thought it was great. Okay. John the Connie, care to follow up? <laughs> uh, just, just, uh, I just want to, you know, make a point of saying that uh, maybe Dustin doesn't get enough credit for just what a pro he is. Uh, he kind of, he kind of knocked heads early in that match, and he obviously was a little dinged. And he still had, he hit a Canadian destroyer, I believe, during the match. Yeah, he just had a heck of a match, and I just think, you know, he's just. He's just so damn solid. Can we Josh stop Smith, I know you're not a destroyer, though? <laughs> and we call, the fact that Excalibur, that's the first time I've actually heard, a lot of people have been using it, but that was the first time I've actually heard Canadian in front of the destroyer part of it. So part of that P.D. Williams is getting recognized here. So I know P.D., I remember, I guess, him went on Twitter a couple while ago. Um, that he was getting really upset that people weren't calling it the Canadian Destroyer because he had a specific reason why he did that. Kenny P, you know why Kenny, uh, Kenny, uh, Petey Williams named uh, that flip pile driver the Canadian Destroyer at all or no? Yeah, because he's Canadian and it destroys you. And there it's you supposed go. There's to be your There you go. My problem solved. Awesome. The point is why he was also getting mad is that everybody and their brother does the Canadian destroyer, but they do it as a transition move instead of a finish. And that's yeah. why people hate on it. It still looks great. I mean, 
Buff Bagwell hit a Canadian destroyer on Ethan Page uh, at an independent a bunch of years ago. And he, the way they explained it, they were like, you're going to do a sunset flip, but just hold on. And they didn't show him video or nothing. And Buff was like, yeah, man, no problem. I'll go out and do it. And the video looks great. So uh, it's just one of those moves. But, hey, it's respect to the creator. And that's uh, that's what you do. You show, you pay homage to those legends who have come before you in the time-honored tradition of the spot. <laughs> I remember I saw the Canadian Destroyer for the first time, and my, my jaw hit the ground. I think it was uh, the first ever Impact uh, episode. I was like, holy crap like that was that was incredible um all right going forward okay now john smith uh i need to thank you um uh, and re-watching last week's tape uh episode seven uh of the essential retro po- wrestling podcast which you can go into the archives at pro wrestling pick'em.com there is a section, uh podcast section where you can watch old episodes of the essential wrestling podcast if you so desire uh, to see if we were right, see if we were wrong, see if we were crazy, see if we laughed, we cried, we hurled. Um, but I watched it, uh, you know, two times to do some scouting reports to myself. I completely missed it. I get a text from Tyler. He's like, what did you just say? And he sent me the clip, and he's like, look at John Smith's face. And I didn't catch and I appreciate you not calling me out on it. But I just want to thank you guys for not calling me out. It's Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And I'm going to stop saying his name. I'm just going to call him MJF from now on, just trying to make my life easier on myself. So thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Won't happen again because I'm not even going to attempt to do it again. I don't um, even remember what you said, to be honest with you. Yeah, you're hit. You, know, you did like the, the head, the, the cane head tilt, like you were going to choke slam me. <laughs> but uh, okay, so those, so Kenny P, I'll go with you on this one. MJF and Billy. Uh, there was no slating of Chuck, just Billy's kids. Uh, Austin and Colton, uh, <laughs> anything you want to throw out there this match other than me getting his name correctly this week? If you call him M. Jeff, he really likes that. So M. that's Jeff. what you could go with, M. Jeff. Uh, you know, solid entertaining contest. Uh, I think Austin Gunn is hilarious, and putting him in with the equally funny, you know, as, bad, as much as a bad guy as M. Jeff wants to be, he's just funny. So uh, it's just an entertaining segment for me. Now, I don't know. Uh, I'll throw this out to all three of you. How come the other gun kid, I uh, think Colton, I believe I heard correctly, how come he didn't stay at ringside? Anybody know? Social distance. Well, he's not, he's not even like in the barrier with Billy and Austin either. All of a sudden, I, just, I thought it was just Billy and Austin. He's got a hot temperature. The third guy came out, and then he came out for two seconds, waved, and then he walked to the back. I just didn't know if there was a story behind that. Um. John Smith, we're going to go to your favorites here. Cody got his third straight win. The Young Bucks got another win. Um, anything you want to bring up with those two matches? Um, not really. Uh, I I just don't I don't like how Cody's acting like he's you know he's doing all this charity work by putting his title on the line against anybody. It it, it kind of makes it's it's a brand new title. Make it mean something by having. And like a, a good story to tell, not just by beating a bunch of guys that some of us have never heard of, you know, like okay. like this. What was his name? Starks. Yeah, Ricky Starks yeah. and Kenny P. That's I'm I'm gonna throw that into your wheelhouse because I know you like the indie guys. Who, who's Ricky Starks? 
Absolutely. Ricky Starks, the Stoke Daddy. Uh, I was only saw him on the uh, newly relaunched NWA. He's got charisma that jumps off the screen. He's a super character. He can talk. He can wrestle. He can do everything. And totally, uh, my timeline was nothing but praise for and thanks and good for him for being there. And I just want to say another thing that you had totally skipped over, Al. Don't mean to step out of my place, but uh, no, no, second no. match on the show was Anna J. Oh, versus no, I'm getting to her. Don't worry about it. I'm getting to her. Don't worry about it. Another uh, lady wrestler who I'm actually not familiar with at all, but it was very, uh, again, my timeline was very excited to see her be a part of the product because she's an over-the-top character. No, definitely. No, Kenny P, she did not slip off my radar. I was getting to her eventually. Um, I, I, what What was that? Like, that was crazy. That was, that was something. John DeConnie, you're laughing here. What, 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 we, what was that? That was I'm not entirely sure. All I know is I got a text from uh, our buddy who used to, uh, who was in the PWP, uh, Fitz, and he said, "Oh, you know, you know, take a look at uh, maybe the hottest uh, wrestler visually in uh, AEW," and he sent me a little picture of Anna Jay's. Uh, so I tuned right over, and by the end of the segment, I really wasn't paying attention to Anna Jay. I was saying, "What in God's name did she just face?" So, you know, I think, uh, I think, what is it, Abaddon? Uh, Abaddon. I think, yes, Abaddon. Yeah, I think she made the impact she was looking to make because yep. that's who I was talking about by the end of that match. Yeah, and, and they ran the uh, promotional package for Anna Jay beforehand. Uh, the star of the show, great gimmick, great look. I was, I was excited to see Anna Jay, and then she got dropped quickly. Uh, that was, wow. That was something. But then we're going to go after this. John, we'll throw it to you, John Smith. Um, here comes Brody Lee again. Uh, Brody Lee comes out, picks up Anna Jay. You know, he, he goes after the ones that are, are down on their luck. Uh, she didn't seem reluctant at all to go back with the Dark Order. They hit, they're going to hit the female scene, huh? They're just bringing them in from all angles. They're, they're expanding the horizons. I'd like to see if Cole Cabana actually accepts the invitation or what exactly was in that envelope, it maybe was just a formal, you know, invitation or something. But that Abaddon is real creepy. I'll say, I that's one of those those gimmicks that it almost made me want to change the channel because I was getting a little creeped out. You know? <laughs> I, I think that's what she's going for, though. Not not that actually people want to change the channel, but I think they, that's exactly you got to stand out. It's exactly what she's doing. Good for her. Mm -hmm. I hope nothing but good things for her. Um. Uh, the Young Bucks, the Super Bad Squad, FTR, Blade and the Butcher, they all got into a brawl. Uh, again, uh, it seems like uh, FTR and the Bucks are on a collision course for Fighter Fest. Uh, so we can table that conversation uh, either for the next week or the week after when uh, when Fighter Fest rolls around. I know it's next Wednesday, right? It's the first. Next Wednesday is the first night of Fighter Fest. Uh, so we'll get into that discussion then. Um. Best friends retained their number one contendership uh, by beating Les Sex Gods. Uh, and then again, yeah, it turned into another Jericho and Orange Cassidy uh, segment. Kenny P, you're an Orange Cassidy guy, it seems like. Spread the good word. T totally, bro. He's going to win everything. He's going to do all of it. And he's going to do it cool, bro. <laughs> With minimum effort. Whatever, man. 
All right. And uh, John Smith, we will get back to the conversation of what was in that envelope because I believe we know what it was and we'll discuss it when we talk about the picks for tonight's uh, for tomorrow night's match. Um, how are we doing here on time? Oh, we have 51. Okay, we're not doing too bad. John DeCani, our senior impact correspondent. We're going to flip Tuesday uh, <laughs> nights here. Um, apparently, we're, we're, we're giving, I don't want to say the North too much credit here, but apparently they're coming up on their year anniversary of their title reign. So it seems like it's been a lot longer than what it has been. But I guess the North's coming up um, on their one-year anniversary here coming up, and they just defeated the Rascals. Kenny P's seen enough. There's the North. That's the North. That's why he's getting <laughs> Leave the leave. Yeah, there, there you go. go. So the North defends uh, the, the Impact Tag Championships against uh, the Rascals. And thoughts on the contest. I thought it was really good. I thought each of Ethan Page is getting a lot better. Yes, yeah. It, it was a solid match start to finish. It was nice to see them finally back in the building to, uh, you know, uh, get involved rather than wrestling in random barns and other places in Canada. Yeah. I only saw one of their matches against, uh, I don't even know. It was just two, two enhancement guys. Eaners and, or uh, it was just one. It was just the matter. Ethan page was making a mockery, the whole thing. And then, uh, uh the other guy, why is the other guy? Alexander, right? Josh, yeah, Josh Alexander. Yeah. Josh, I keep on thinking Jason Alexander. I, I know he's not George <laughs> Costanza. I, I keep on screwing that up. Why is his name Jason Alexander? Um, I was in the pool. Uh, the, uh, Moose retained the NWA championship against Hernandez. It was a hard-hitting match, but that I think that's going to be the big story. We should, probably should have led with this. Uh, we heard some troubling music, so to speak, at the end of that match when uh, Moose won. What, what, what is, I love that music. That's one of my favorite entrance musics ever. <laughs> Trouble, 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 trouble. Come on, Kenny, you can dance with me. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Yes, indeed. Uh, are they just screwing around with the fans here? Or, I mean, if, if EC3 goes anywhere, it's going to be impact. I can't imagine him going to All Elite Wrestling or anywhere else. It's, he picked uh, in Japan. I can't imagine him going to Japan. Yeah, it, it fits perfectly, him going right back there and uh, taking back over in some way, shape, or form. Before he was uh, Ethan Carter III, he was Michael Hutter and was a top guy for Cleveland Independent, all uh, absolute intense wrestling, AIW. Um, the dude's got charisma. The dude can talk. The dude can be a character, and he's shredded to the gills. And there isn't anybody backstage that's going to stop him once he puts a microphone in his hand. So if he goes back to Impact, it's going to be short run until he shows up on AEW and takes over the world. You feel, oh, so you're saying he's eventually going to go there, huh? I mean, like I said, the one thing, the one thing I remember having the conversation with John DeConnie because we were both Impact guys and huge EC3 fans. Kenny Pete, nail on the head. The guy can talk <laughs> better than anyone I know, and he's got the personality. He can play a great heel. I remember this one segment with Jeff Hardy where he kept on spitting water in Jeff Hardy's face. It was absolutely hysterical, and it's, the in ring's questionable with him. That's that's my only. And like I said, if he gets rushed in WWE, which he did, it just I feel like if he went if he went back to Impact short term because of the pandemic, he's at least getting a contract and steady income, fine. Um, but in the bigger picture, it's been there, done that. Because he's already been there, he's already proved that he can be the biggest, coolest, most exciting thing on the roster there. 
and also a good person, which is something Impact definitely needs once they shuffle out everybody that they've already shuffled in. So, I mean, it's a slam dunk for them to throw whatever they can at, uh, at EC3 to bring him back in because uh, once he is put in a position to take over, he will. Uh, John Connie, the main event was a street fight between Ace Austin and Eddie Edwards. How'd that turn out? Uh, Ace Austin with the with the victory. Uh, Eddie Edwards always, as always, very entertaining in his extreme nature as it has become. Uh, but uh, Austin winds up with the victory, and unfortunately, and he has a new friend. He has a new friend in Madman Fulton. He has his big daddy Diesel. He's big daddy cool. Yes, and well, was Fulton? Uh, oh my goodness, was he the one who jumped one of the rascals? You know what? You wouldn't know, but Josh Matthews blurted it out at the end of the match. Like it really, it made no sense to me whatsoever. Like, oh my god, it's Madman Fulton. Like, oh, all right, that's pretty cool. He was the one that jumped train. Like, you don't know that. Like, where did you come up with this? Like, why are you saying this? Like, that's – I like Josh, you know. I can tolerate him. But sometimes he just blurts out some stuff that just – Well, I wonder if that wasn't him, uh, you know, going out on his own a la Heenan at Bash at the Beach. You know, yeah. Hogan's here. But but which side is he on? Which side is he on? Oh, it's freaking – What are you saying? saying and Shibori tried to cover it. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Will you stop? Oh, oh Don the Connie. Here's your first fail, first banner fail. Uh -oh. Forgot to put it up. Forgot to put up the impact logo. There we go. My bad. All right. That's 10, push, 10 more push ups for me. You All right. Kenny P. Uh, Kenny P. We brought you on. You know, we, we, uh, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while. I'm glad to have you on. I was going to have you on regardless, but you are uh, the New Japan, the, the New Japan Cup. Somebody I can talk to about it. Uh, the Johns uh, don't watch. Tyler doesn't watch. I know you do. Um, anything that sticks out before I get into what my big surprise was, I was actually shocked with it. Anything you wanted to uh, spit out there first of what you thought of the first round in the New Japan Cup? Well, three uh, – hang on. Let me get my official. Uh, New Japan Pro Rest – Official towel, so I can be the official correspondent. You gotta have That's the towel. Se senior so. correspondent, Kenny Pig. So what I'm saying is that uh, with the first round, you're looking at first round exits by Shingo, Zack Saber Jr., and another heavy hitter who I am spacing on at this. point. I can tell you this right now because he's the guy I wanted to bring up. Like how. I, I don't really watch all that often, but anytime Minoru Suzuki takes an L, oh, yeah, Suzuki, you're right. I'm shocked. I was shocked that he was a first round out in this tournament. Yeah, I was very shocked as well. I mean, seeing Coda and Zach in the first round is very strange. That popped out to everybody. Um, you know, Sho is a guy who I think once they split up Rapungi 3K of Sho and Yo. Um, I think Show is going to be the Bret Hart of the team, who's going to be the guy who goes on to singles uh, glory in a few years. So I think the office is very behind him. Uh, well, it's kind of those two have been hit. The last time I saw those two, they weren't that big. Those two hit the gym, Show and Yo. 
A show, especially. Show's huge. They're ripped now. Yeah, they're eating. They're definitely eating their vegetables every day. <laughs> uh, other other uh, first rounders, I guess. Uh, so Hiromu Tashihaki. One thing I know, I'm a big Lij Kenny P. Lij fan. Uncle uh, they four and one, and I believe uh, you got yeah the Shingo Takagi. Uh, Takagi, did I say that right? Yep, Shingo, Shingo Takagi. You're right. Takagi. Shingo Shingo? Takagi. Oh, so nice to hear that announcer again. Um, he was the only one that had the loss for Lij. They uh they represented strong. They had a good first round with four wins. Yeah, Sonata is gonna I think go deep into this. Uh, Evil is always somebody you have to look out for, but I think somebody people are sleeping on. Um, Bushi's very underrated because he's a guy who takes a lot of the pins in the six mans and eight mans. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting where they decide to go with this. Did, uh, any argument that Evil has the best entrance in New Japan? It's a very good one. It's a very it's good awesome. one for sure. It's, uh, he's it's definitely a funny when Kido, he, um, Evil wrestled over here for Ring of Honor as uh, Watanabe for a very long time, and he was a great wrestler, but like nobody cared about him because he didn't have a gimmick. So like the old saying that uh, Bruce Pritchard likes to drop is that you know he put a hat on a hat on a hat, which is basically what Evil is. It's like, let's give him a robe. Let's give him the big nasty scythe. Uh, what else does he need? Oh, he needs a mask. Oh, wait, there's something else missing. I know, let's put lasers on his fingers. So yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's like they put a hat on a hat on a hat, and now everybody's like, oh, evil, this guy's great. Because that, you know, this guy, he's wearing 12 gimmicks on the way to the ring. What, is, what, is, what would you call it, a Sith? I thought it was like a sickle, the, the, the evil Sith. That, that staff is huge, whatever you want to call it. That thing is huge. Yeah, it doesn't come over for the U.S. shows because they can't um, put it on a plane properly with you know, security and everything. Yeah, it makes complete sense to me. Yeah, I mean, um, the guy, it's, it's his demon staff. I call it a scythe, S-C-Y-T-H-E. It's a okay. good one in bubble. Um, my, my last question, and then, uh, you know, we'll save. Uh, we got the quarterfinals coming up, uh, I guess, tomorrow morning. Oh, uh, yeah, Texas. tomorrow morning's going to be great. So we're already uh, looking yeah, at we'll Kata get into the Kata picks Kata at the versus... end of the show, right? We got we the picks at the end of the show. But I do want to uh, get uh, real quick, um, with, with everything opening up and them allowing fans in, um, I think they're getting what, like a third capacity for the finals and Dominion. Um, is this is this just have Akata and Naito written all over it? I know Naito's a champ and his balls on the line, but is this is this tournament just have Akata written all over it? It might and it might not because they would have you think it would go that way until they want to put someone else in that spot like they've done it before with um, Hiroki Goto. Um, they've done it before with um, you know other, other players before. So you would think it would be a cakewalk for Okada and they would line into Okada Naito. But I think that they're going to hold Okada Naito and they're going to figure out a different person to put in at Dominion through the New, New Japan Cup and then have that continue to be a successful title defense for Naito at Dominion. Okay, I just figured maybe just an excuse to get the fans back in and get them excited for New Japan, you know, being back. You know, you just throw Okada into the main event and that's your answer. That just, that's, you know, he's, he's they, throwing the only, New Japan, my, my thinking. If they can only have 30% capacity, why give them the match that they – like, why give them that match right away when oh, they can't get the excitement sell back. I mean, I yeah. So, like, that's why you sort of, you know, you don't want to, 
uh, you know, show your hand, so to speak. You want to make sure that you're doing everything. You want to properly put an event together that people are going to come to, but at the same time, not, you know, throw away Goldberg Hogan on Nitro for free. <laughs> Save it for the St. Thomas Super Arena. Exactly. It's like why they had to phase out Clash of the Champions, because they wanted people to actually spend money on the product. All right. So that will conclude, like I said, the quarterfinals start, um, I guess, tomorrow morning here. Um, I guess tonight over in Japan. Uh, we'll get to those picks um, in our in our uh, main event segment here where we're picking all the shows here. But um, we lost John the Connie. I'll be right back. Sorry about that. Not a problem. Uh, we're going to go right to Raw then, John the Connie, if you don't mind. Uh, we don't have hey, a senior Raw correspondent yet. There you go. Uh, we have been confirmed that Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode were the, the other part of the AJ Styles trade. Dolph Ziggler's came out uh, to confront champion Drew McIntyre. They were old buddies. Drew called himself Big Daddy Claymore, which I thought was hysterical. And they uh, Dolph asked for a Mac. He said, he said he was owed a title shot at Extreme Rules, and Drew granted it. And Drew... All right, here we go. I know we've had this conversation uh, recently about Dolph Ziggler with the Universal title. Um, are we, are we going to give Dolph a chance here? John DeConi. I don't see it. I think, uh, uh, as we talked about uh, last week, uh, maybe even and before that, if they were going to take the title off of McIntyre and then make him chase back to, let's say, SummerSlam, to hopefully have some people in the building and give him a he didn't get at WrestleMania. I think they would have done it with Lashley because they were yeah. already kind of building him to be this unstoppable beast. So I think uh, Ziggler coming over, maybe it's just putting a pause on maybe getting back to McIntyre Lashley. I mean, you know, no offense to Ziggy, but maybe it's just a little filler, a little time, little time filler. Okay. Uh, John, I don't think he could have a great match with him. Because I'm sure I'm sure he will. Yeah, Dolph, I don't, in my opinion, Dolph doesn't put on bad matches. John Smith, I know you're not the highest on Ziggler, but are you seeing this as anything? Well, Ziggler's grown on me over the past couple of years. Ever since, oh, finally, finally, yeah. Welcome to the club. Randy Orton, I hated like I hate Cody Rhodes, but now <laughs> I actually really like Randy Orton. Ziggler is kind of like a tweener for me now. You know, I I, I respect him, but. He's not winning this match, and this is—I just see this as a as like a filler angle. I don't know where they're going for the SummerSlam match. Maybe they don't even know where they're going yet because they don't know if they're going to have people in the crowd or what. But I—I I don't see Dolph Ziggler walking the aisle at SummerSlam as the champ. It just doesn't. I, I don't see it either. Kenny P, do you see it at all? No, they're never going to put a title on Dolph Ziggler ever. Again, they did already. Yeah, but like they did years ago, and they haven't yeah. done it when he's been relevant ever. Like, go back and watch that pop he got from the Raw of 2013, and they they're never gonna ever come close to putting that much resources into him ever again. Yeah, it's unfortunate. He's got the moves. He's got the he's got the ability. It's got um, nothing to do with it. It's all about the office. The office won't let him be who he needs to be in order for people to care about him. Period. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, I guess they. I guess John Smith kind of said it, so I, I won't ask you because you kind of answered the question I'm about to ask, thinking that they they don't know what they're doing yet for SummerSlam. Um, if he gets they back, don't even know what building it's going to be in. Yeah, but then is Brock Lesnar going to be involved in this as well? You got to factor in him. 
Mm. Uh, who knows? I, I mean, I, I know it's not. I mean, the mayor of Boston said there's no major events indoor going to be happening in the city. And so Vince is going to have to fight City Hall if he thinks SummerSlam is happening in an arena in front of people, period. I, yeah, I saw that. That was, uh, I guess, the, that was a while ago, we said, until after Labor Day uh, before they could have indoor events. Um, yeah, I mean, city Boston's not going to stand for it, even though Massachusetts is on the green list of states that are able to be able to come back at this point. Yep. Yeah, there's no reason to rush it. Florida rushed it, you know. Uncle Phil um, spits a hot fire every day. South Dakota did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Street Profits, they won the Anything You Can Do, We Can Do Better feud. They won uh, the match, the final, uh, I guess, series match uh, against the Viking Raiders. They won the series 6-5. to five. They retained their Raw Tag Team titles. And they proceeded to get jumped by Andrade and Angel Garza for their efforts. I love this. This match was supposed to be at WrestleMania um, before Andrade uh, got injured. And Austin Theory subbed in, so um, I like this match. I think it would be a great match if they, they extend it to the pay-per-view. I don't think it would be a bad spot to put it in. Uh, maybe have some kind of funky uh, you know, stipulation with it. Who knows? Um, who haven't I got? To? John John Smith. I don't think I've let you, you in a while. Um, well, I like I like the where they're going with Andrade and Angel Garza going after those titles because I think – it's a means to the end of them splitting Andrade off. Whether they win the titles and then they break up eventually, or if they just lose the title match and it causes them to break up. I just, I think that it was kind of dumb for the Viking Raiders to lose and then not turn heel. Though I, I felt like if they were going to just straight up lose to the Street Profits, they should have destroyed them and then you know, been the real freaking war machine that we know. Exactly. Snap and turn back into war machine. You know, you know change of characters, you know, exactly. I, I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. John DeConnie, your thoughts on the feud and then going forward. Yeah. Like, uh, likewise, I would have liked to have seen uh, a little bit of destruction after the match too. I just, I thought it was uh, an interesting and perhaps wasteful decision to in the same night. And in fact, in back-to-back -back segments, have the Street Profits finally get their W over the Viking Raiders and then have Asuka finally get her W over Charlotte. Like it just, you know, it just seemed uh, like if you were going to, you know, like there was such a build to both of those. Yeah. And you do them not only on the same night, but in back-to-back -back segments kind of diminishing the same outcome. Yeah. Kenny P, chime in, buddy. What do you got? I'm glad this uh, whole segment of nonsense is over. I'm glad we can get back to the wrestling matches. I'm glad that uh, War Machine will be allowed to show. I'm sorry, the Viking Raiders. My bad. I don't yeah, mean yeah, to be such a smart, but uh, I hope, I'm glad to see the War uh, Viking Raiders back in effect and actually having matches with tag teams that can hang with them and not just squashing Jay Burns for no reason. So I'm excited about all all six of these guys. They're all good wrestlers, and I hope they give them the chance to shine. I think right, can it, be, it doesn't sound like you were a fan of uh, everything that they were doing in the past couple months, and I, I feel like with with the Viking Raiders being going through this and doing this and doing something different outside of the performance center in this in this time in the in the world where different can be good, 
Um, I think they will get rewarded for this eventually. I think they will be able to, um, yeah, I guess they get rewarded for it, for lack of a better term. So, I hope so. I mean, their their strength is definitely not in backstage comedy segments. Like, their strength is being a bruiser tag team. So yeah. put the pieces in the position to, to succeed. Yeah, they will. They will. I, I, I think they will. Um, and then, John Connor, you just mentioned it. Asuka defeated Charlotte Flair to retain the Raw Women's Championship by making Charlotte tap out. Granted, that was a shoulder that was injured in an earlier scuffle with Nia Jax. Um, I guess the question is, I don't recall Charlotte ever tapping out, unless there was a bank statement I missed on a Raw years ago when her feud, because other than Sasha and Bailey, no one really has submissions. I can't imagine her submitting to Natty's sharpshooter, but maybe a, a bank statement at some point. But I don't remember... Has she ever tapped before? Was, this, was that a first? Yeah, I, I believe so, and that's that's what makes it even more uh, perplexing. Why, you know, they didn't make much of it. Okay, yes, they set it up with the uh, you know the pre-fight injury backstage, but you know then to have Oscar clamp on the Oscar lock, get her to tap, and make I don't want to say nothing of it, but make surprisingly little of it. Yeah, John Smith. Um, I don't like that the win has an asterisk because she was hurt. I feel like Asuka deserves to get a clean victory over Charlotte at this point. It, she should have gotten it at WrestleMania three years ago. But, um, you know, Charlotte is apparently going for another elective surgery. So I think that's why they're writing her off of TV this way. But, um, yeah, I just... I love that Oscar beater. I just don't like that it's got that little asterisk to it. That's all. Yeah, and Kenny P, she had that Oscar lock in. She had it in deep. Now Samoa Joe in that match on commentary, and I've been noticing this, this a lot about him lately. He loves when a submission is put on somebody. Like the, the general excitement and the, the, the enthusiasm coming out of Samoa Joe on the announce table. When Oscar was stretching Charlotte every which way in that entire match, was just it was fun. That was fun for me. And then here's in a deep. He gets out. He he gets into the into the thing. So Kenny P, your thoughts on that Samoa Joe submission? Anything? Is he better than Taz? He's better than Taz. Hundred percent. He's better than Taz. It's not even a question mark. Taz is a t-shirt. Uh, Samoa Joe, real shooter, baby. Boo 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 boo. I mean, of course he shouldn't even be on commentary. He should be back in the room killing people. It's just because he's so good and he's so eloquent and they don't have anybody else to fill in the spot. You know, I feel like the, you know, Joe in his prime is being completely, you know, again, once again, misused by the company. Like he should be in the ring killing people instead of talking about it. Now I'm going to do this to myself real quick, but um, I did see an article that actually he's still not medically cleared. So I will throw this up here. I'm not exactly sure if that's true or not. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but from what I've been so, told, Samoa Joe is not medically cleared, so he uh, he's they're just giving him, just trying to get him on TV. And exactly, he's he's killing it. 
I just want to say, uh, I don't know about the Charlotte thing with about being an elective surgery. My mom got her hip replaced five times, and every single time that happened, it was it went down in the books as an elective surgery, even though it was definitely required for her life. So let's not like jump to conclusions as far as what it is that she may or may not have an injury for. It could be definitely legitimate. Thank you. Thank you for the proper use of blessing us with SpongeBob. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All I'm yeah, saying is, so, if, if it was a real injury, why would they have put her through a match like she was in last night? Because they, because they don't care about their independent contractors. That's the biggest one, though. That's no. I in the time-honored tradition of this business, if you're hurt, you go out and you lose the belt. Like you go out and you do the job. You're gonna get hurt. You know you're leaving. You put the next person over in the time honor tradition of the spot. I'm I'm thinking that she comes back with some actual hips this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Randy Orton and Big Show kind of had it out. Uh, Big Show apparently <laughs> took a, Big Show uh, apparently took a serious offense. Oh everything that Randy Orton did to both Edge and Christian, Kenny P, you, you seem to be uh, excited by this one. What's uh, go for it? The floor is yours. Okay, Randy Orton has had two good, watchable professional rap wrestling matches his entire life: 2004 against Backlash, and then a couple months ago against Rey Mysterio. So those are the two best matches that dude's ever going to have in his career, and this Big Show program ain't going to be number three. Okay, uh, John Nakani, you want to throw that in there? Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what actually happens with this because I know Big Show's got his TV show. You know, they left it as uh, the warning was, what happens next is on you. Does that mean he's going to do something to somebody else to also piss off Big Show? Or is he threatening to actually go after Big Show? Like, I, I wasn't even clear that they were actually going to lock up. Yeah, I, I figured. Yeah, I, I thought I didn't think about that happen to somebody else. I'm kind of thinking that this is just, uh, you know, edges hurt. They had to turn to somebody. And John Smith, they went to the big show. Um, like I said, he's got the TV show he can promote on Netflix. I'm sure not many people are watching, so that's good exposure for him as well. Yeah, they dump a bu bucket of water on him before the interview, though. <laughs> So we'll see. I mean, that match, uh, nothing was announced for Raw next week. So I don't know if they're going to make this a Raw match or they're going to throw Big Show back on pay-per-view. I can't remember the last time the Big Show was on uh, pay-per-view. I know the obvious answer was WrestleMania, but that was technically a match on Raw, I guess, after WrestleMania when he challenged Drew McIntyre. And that was just that was probably one of the most random things I've ever seen. Um, anyway, speaking of random, Akira Tozawa's Ninjas – <laughs> and Akira Tozawa have won, have won the twenty four seven championship. Uh, John Smith, we'll start with you first. The, uh, the ninjas tried to thwart off Bobby Lashley. Tozawa hit under the ring, and then he, he got truth again. I think it's going to be interesting for to have a twenty four seven champion that's actually got protection around him. There so you I, go. Think, that's exactly I think it's good for the title. I don't know if it's good for Akira Tozawa. You know, so I, I did notice one of his ninjas was noticeably missing, John the Connie. Yes, yes, we were missing the largest of the gentlemen. 
But uh, I, my thought on this is, uh, like John said, uh, yes, it's very interesting to finally have a 24-7 champion with backup. But is there any chance this doesn't wind up with Truth in a ninja outfit and a roll-up <laughs> in a parking lot or something? <laughs> and he gets his baby back? That's it. Kenny Pete, there's always options with our truth What do you think? Our truth can make moves get rowdy. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing's got Bruce Pritchard's nonsense all over it, and I don't know. I think the less said, the better about this one. All right. Uh, so, uh, oh, we have one more, two, two more things before we get into Sasha and Bailey. Um, Paulo Cruz and Shelton. Benjamin, again, going at it. MVP is kind of being a little relentless here, trying to recruit Apollo Crews. Um, John DeCon, he can lead us off with this one. Uh, yes, well, uh, once again, Shelton tries to get Crews to do the right thing and go along with the program. And then when he does it, he gets a beating. He gets, he gets a full Nelson. And then he gets a match with uh, Shelton Benjamin. Uh, I, I would love love to continue watching those two go at it. I I don't under I'm not entirely sure if MVP is building a full stable. Is Benjamin going to be along for the ride, or is it just you know, he's just trying to go after Cruz? I'm not sure exactly where they're going with this, but I'll watch Cruz and Benjamin wrestle as many times as they want to put them on TV. Yeah, it seems like MVP is trying to you know teach lessons here. Like what was lesson number one? Uh, we need a two-on-one situation. Don't get distracted or whatever. I don't know. John Smith, what do you think? As long as they keep putting on good matches, I, I don't really know where they're going. I I don't really care. I like what they're doing with MVP and Lashley. I like that Shelton Benjamin is actually involved in TV now. Apollo Cruz, he's got to get more of an attitude, though, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Kenny P, they, uh, I think MVP came up with a uh, stable name or faction name. It was called the Hurt something. I missed what he exactly called it, but, I mean, it's a redo of the Beatdown Clan, and MVP is money. Uh, he definitely is. I'm really glad he's back um, with the company and sharing his talents with not only the, the folks backstage, but also being a prominent role on television. He can talk, he can wrestle, he can do everything he needs to do. Um, him, this whole program's very good, and uh, if they all just become a posse that beats up people afterwards, cool. Yeah, what was it? The, the Hurt? Hurt something. Something to do with Hurt. And then uh, Ray and Don Mysterio got some help against Rollins and, and Theory and uh, Murphy. Um, I actually thought, see, Rollins, when the Mysterios were in the ring, and I saw Rollins walking out, and then I saw Murphy and Theory come out, and I see Rollins start laughing again. I thought AOP was right behind them, and I thought the Mysterios were in trouble, but actually it turned out to be Humberto Carrillo and Aleister Black. So uh, are we thinking six-man at some point in time, or are we you know, one-on-one -on -one with Seth and Ray at uh, Extreme Moves? Uh, Kenny Pete, you can lead with this one. What do you want to see come out of the El Hijo de Mysterio here? Uh, I want to see him win, and I want to see him not get hurt. Okay. I want to see Ray win, and uh, I want to see him put in a program with a guy that's not going to put his career at risk. Because uh, Seth Rollins is a very dangerous man. Uh, and I don't know if a uh, dude like Ray should be in the ring with that dude. Okay. 
John Smith. Yeah, if there's anybody we should be canceling, it's Seth Rollins. <laughs> he hurts too many people. <laughs> no, for real though, that was just a joke. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think with this one. I think we're getting, we're getting Dominic versus Seth at some point. Is it going to be SummerSlam? Probably. I think. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Ray versus Seth, or maybe just like the Cruz versus the Cruz. Yeah. Stream rules, but then it's going to boil down to Dominic versus Seth Rollins, and Dominic gets the win somehow. I think. In the end, John McConnor, are you going to put Rey Mysterio on a forklift in that match? Winner gets right. Why not? <laughs> yeah, no, I think you know uh, the, the introduction of the chairs last night leads you to think it's probably going to be uh, a six man with some kind of gimmick involved at the at the uh, Extreme Rules pay per view. But uh, then, uh, like Smith said, uh, eventually leading up to Rollins and Dominic. Although Ray oh, did say he needed to take, he did he needed to take care of it one on one himself first. So I don't know. Somewhere in between there, we get Ray versus Seth first, and then we get Dominic versus Seth somewhere down the line. It all yeah, makes sense. The golden point. That's a that's a tough. You know, making your debut. I know Fandango debuted at WrestleMania, but that's a you know for a kid his age debuting at SummerSlam. That's that's tough. Well, I think that's I why they, they do the. Face. I think that's why they do the three on three first. To, yeah, what is peak, if you will? Okay, so uh, we are at that point. Oh, by the way, um, John DeCon, I know me and you. Uh, we were kind of. Where'd my mouse go? Oh, there it is. Um, the picture we were talking about that we wanted Lashley apart with Apollo Cruz and the Street Profits. Unfortunately, that was the picture that they did take. They actually took it. I'm actually kind of shocked. Uh, Lashley would have been pretty cool if he was in it with him as champion, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. But they did it, and I say you know, between them, and then you got the New Day uh, and other you know proud black athletes as champions in WWE. Um, powerful messages sent there. Um, we are at that wonderful point in time, uh, pro wrestling pick'em time. Play against your friends. Play against. I see. I'm not even doing my. There we go. I get the logo right. I get my logo right. Uh, this segment is brought to you by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. We're going to pick the matches from the week. We uh, got a little over five minutes left, so we'll make this a little bit quicker than normal. Um, John DeConi, our senior Impact uh, correspondent. We have five matches booked tonight for Impact. Uh, we got X Division champion Willie Mack and the Deaners going against Chris Bay, Johnny Swinger, and a partner of their choosing. Now, Johnny Swinger was on the phone with somebody. Yeah, now, I, I don't know how the uh, no-compete clauses work exactly and the timing of the releases, but uh, I did read a blurb somewhere that even though uh, Swinger was turned down, the first person he asked to come join him in Bay, he said that uh, he had a perfect plan B. Does that mean, uh, is, is, did Curtis Axel get future endeavor? During, yeah, in that mix, yeah. It's, somehow Curtis Axel did, but Bo Dallas didn't. Okay. July 18th is when everybody's free. All right, so then tonight is too soon for that, but uh, I'm not quite sure what the reference or the, the purpose of the reference of a perfect plan B was, but we'll, we're going to get a mystery partner. All right, you pick for that match. I'm going to go with Willie Mack. I don't like the bet against Willie Mack. I think he's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, Willie Mack keeps rolling. Um, Eddie Edwards and Madman Fulton. Um, that sounds like a very crazy match to me. What do you got? 
Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Edwards on that one. Okay, then actually, is what they just actually they added this match tonight. They added it a couple hours ago uh, with everything that's going on at Impact. They're throwing uh, Deanna Perazzo making her Impact uh, re debut. I guess she was in it once before. Her right, re debut right. against Eddie Edwards' wife Alicia. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I think Deanna's obviously gonna get the win here. A because she's a Jersey girl. But yeah. B, you know, it looks like it's a it's a collision course with Jordan Grace at at Slammiversary here. Yeah, you've already had her uh, attack and make warnings against the champion. You're not going to have her lose her first match back. So I'm with you there. And then I'm going to spy another Jersey girl. Tasha Steeles is going to fight Navia. Now, I'm not really too familiar with Navia. I know she won last week. Uh, she beat uh, Kimberly. Right. Uh, Navia looks like she's the real deal, though. I think she's going to give Tasha Steeles a run for her money. I'm not betting against Jersey, though. Correct. And is, is she, if she's still going to have Jessica Havoc at her side, you got that extra little goodness. So yeah, yeah with Kiara Hogan too. Kiara Hogan. Yeah. And then um, and actually in a very big knockouts match, Susie and Ty Valkyrie. I think that's a very impressive that's a very impressive female match right there. Absolutely. And we you know, we uh, we saw last week uh, Susie kinda a little hesitant, you know. Is she going back to the dark side? Are we gonna get yep. you know killed too young? So uh, I'm gonna go with I'm going to go with Susie perhaps losing again uh, and pushing herself that much closer to the edge. Exactly. Like I said, you know, John, you know, we, we should be calling you Johnny, Johnny Impact, and we all know Ty is from Slam Town here, so I don't know what you bet against. There's a little bit of Ty on that one as well. Right. Uh, that'll do it for Impact tomorrow night on NXT. Uh, we're all going to chime in here on this one. We got Bronson Reed going first. He called out Karrion Cross. Um, what's the over-under on time on this match? I'm giving it a week of 60 seconds. John Smith, 60 seconds, over under. I'm going over. I think uh, I think Bronson Reed comes out and you know with surprises cross for with a, with a few big moves right off the bat, and then you know one big turnaround cross nails him a few times. I'd say like a minute 15. I'm not saying it's going to be a long match, but I'll put the, I'll go over 60 seconds definitely. Kenny P, what do you got? It should be a spirited five-minute contest with both guys looking good and Cross getting the win. That's how it should go down. Are we going to see any power moves, John Lacani? Do you think? You know, this, I think that's what I want to see out of this uh, more than anything is carrying Cross and do some power moves on Bronson Reed here. Exactly. Yeah, this gives him a chance to show up. This gives him a chance to show off just how powerful he is. So yeah, yep. I'd probably go over the sixty, but. I'd have to hesitate to, if the, the over-under was 90. All right. We, uh, we the previously mentioned Damien Priest. I guess Cameron Grimes, uh, what, he slashes tires last week? Or he just let the air out of him? Uh, Grimey's got a good time Grimes. lately. I'm loving it. I'm calling another miracle out of Grimey. John Smith, what do you think? Uh, I mean, if I got to pick somebody, I'll I'll go with Damien Priest. But I think they're just going to further this feud either way. So I don't think it's over tomorrow. Okay. Kenny P? Agreed, yeah. Uh, Damian Priest wins or either wins outright and the feud continues or uh, Cameron Grimes cheats to win and the feud continues either way. But uh, Damian Priest, exactly what he needs is a program with a guy like 
uh, with a guy like Cameron Grimes. Almost had a slip up there, called him somebody else who doesn't exist yeah, anymore. No, I, but, a couple, I've called him Trevor Lee a couple times. John Connie. Yeah, I'm going to go with Priest. Uh, you know, if they're making somewhat of a switch in his character dynamic, uh, I think it makes sense to, you know, to put him on a little bit of a winning streak. Okay. Um, and then uh, the big North American Championship match. Um, John Smith, I know you kind of you made your uh, your bid earlier for Balor. I completely agree 100% with you and your thought process uh, with Karrion uh, Cross. Uh, taking out Keith Lee during the match, turning it to a one-on-one where Balor gets the win on Gargano. Um, Kenny P, you thinking anything else? Johnny Gargano all the way. Johnny Gargano, okay. He's kind of the sleeper pick in all this because, you know, it's not like he shouldn't be going for the world title. He said it on numerous occasions at the dinner table that he wants, you know, him and Candace want to be the first ever uh, male-female champions at the same time. So, John DeConi, are you going to give Gargano a chance here or what are we doing? I think, yeah, I think uh, Johnny Takeover's always got a chance, but I, I see it the same way as John Smith. Uh, it just makes too much sense to have Balor, even if he doesn't necessarily, you know, walk in there and dominate or someone else gets involved, but I definitely see uh, Balor versus Cole. Okay. Yeah, the winner of that match gets Adam Cole the same night as day two of Fighter Fest, and we'll be going head-to-head with John Moxley versus Brian Cage. So it's going to be interesting to see who's watching what, and we'll get into that conversation uh, either next week or the week after, depending on uh, Tyler's return. Um, all Elite Wrestling, speaking of AEW, uh, we've got the Natural Nightmares uh, back in the ring again. They're going to be going against FTR. Um, this is going to be sneaky good. Kenny P, who do you got? Uh, FTR is going to win uh, uh, coming in hot, strong. All right, John Smith. Uh, totally agree. I don't. I don't see. Uh, I don't see it even being a question, honestly. All right, then. Then John Nakani, and I'll throw the question at you. Then is is Allie going to make a difference this time? Is is because Brandy kind of shot her a look to stay on the entrance ramp uh, last week in their tag title match. Um, do you see this uh, starting to blow over this week, or maybe a little bit more in the future? Yeah, I guess I guess this puts them in a very prime spot for her to do something that continues to piss Brandy off and cause some kind of uh, you know problem within the group. So it's the perfect timing. Okay, uh, John Smith, you mentioned before the envelope uh, from Brody Lee to Colt Cabana. Apparently, in that envelope was a contract for a match this week, where Brody Lee would team up with Colt Cabana to fight. Uh, Jersey Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. So that's where that went. So I'm kind of thinking that uh, Brody's going to uh, teach Cole Cabana to get on the winning ways. Hence, um, you know, pulling Cole Cabana more into the dark order. Interesting. So uh, yes, no? No, I, I, I like that. I, I think he'll accept. Did he accept? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's tomorrow night. Yeah, that's the match tomorrow night. Oh, the match is actually happening? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, oh, will he sign this? Okay. Now, now so the match is Do you know who they're fighting? Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Oh, okay. That's what you said. Yeah, sorry. No worries. Yeah, yeah I, I, I got the dark order in that one then. Okay. John DeConi? Yeah, yeah, I got the dark order uh, going over in that one. That just makes sense to uh, put Cabana 
in the right frame of mind to perhaps join up. All right, Kenny P, any uh, any different here? Yeah, uh, Sonny Kiss is making his debut on television. Him and Joey have been having great matches. They're going to both win. They're going to pay Cole Cabana is going to get pinned, and it's going to cause further strife between Cabana and the Dark Order. He will not join. Wow, oh, you're going to go the other way with it. Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, TNT television. What's TNT that, Television has finally uh, loosened up their fear of putting Sonny Kiss on their network, so I think he's not going to lose the first time he's on television. Okay. I know they were on Dark a couple times. I know that's not actual national television, but I know Sonny Kiss right. is keeping it. National television. If it happens on television, it's television. Yep. So we're not on television? Television. It's a television. Facebook Live's not television? <laughs> Um, the big match that I'm actually looking really, really forward to, uh, the Lumberjack match between Luthasaurus and Wardlow. Kenny P, you can lead us off on this one. I want to hear your opinion first. We got two big, beefy boys slapping some meat. I mean, we got two big guys who are going to go at it. It's going to be a battle. All the Lumberjacks are going to get involved. I'll say uh, Luchasaurus wins. I, I love his athleticism. I'm a, I'm a huge Luchasaurus fan. John Connie. Yeah, agreed. I see uh, Luchasaurus just because I think we've seen more out of him. We know he definitely can get it done in the ring. And uh, you've got the added uh, goodness of both of them having their buddies at ringside that will in all likelihood be part of the Lumberjack squad and all the mix-ups that will come from that, them attacking each other, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yes, and MJF will be uh, in the corner of Warlow, and I'm sure uh, Jungle Jack Perry and – Marco Stunt will be with Luchasaurus, uh, uh, amongst others. John Smith, any other? You want to go any a different way here, or are you good with? Uh, I, I think I think Wardlow's going to win. Actually, okay. I think that, like he's got to show why he's MJF's muscle. That's a great point, and it's an MJF uh, that has that pinky ring that tends to knock people out. I, I kind of, I'm not, I'm going to go on Luchasaurus as well. I'm not going to be shocked at all if Wardlow wins this. John, you're, John Smith, exactly correct. I don't see any. And the reason why Warlow couldn't win it, you know, this isn't any type of squash whatsoever, or any type of uh, you know easy match. Um, as we talked about at the beginning of the show on SmackDown, the Intercontinental Championship is on the line. AJ Styles against Drew Gulak. John DeCani, I'll let you shoot first on this one. I don't think I go uh, you first at all recently. All righty. Well, uh, I think if we do get a finish. Uh, Styles will win. Obviously, I don't think he's giving up that title. Uh, certainly not this soon. Uh, certainly not on a non-pay-per-view. Certainly, no offense, not to Drew Gulak. But I'm not 100% positive we will get a clean finish. Maybe Riddle gets involved. Uh, something crazy, some kind of schmaz ending, if you will. Kenny P, Philly guy going for the title. Who you got? Uh, I mean, I would love to see Drew Gulak snap the Mega Man's leg and take the title, but we all know that's not happening. John Smith, any different? Are we gonna maybe some kind of disqualification? Anything to kind of shake it up? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's gonna lead into something else. I couldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a DQ and then it ended up being a, a tag match after that somehow. But, uh, you know, it's yeah. his first, first title defense. You know, you got to go with AJ. He is the best wrestler in the world. <laughs> yeah, he proved that in his match with Daniel Bryan, right? Greatest wrestling match ever. Um, Kenny P, I'm going to shoot directly at you with this one. The New Japan Cup quarterfinals start 
early, early, early tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. Um, Eastern, baby, NewJapanWorld.com. Okay, we got Toki Takabe uh, and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii is going to get the win in that beefy boy contest. Yeah, that that's gonna be that's gonna be hard. I'm still shocked that Makabe beat Minoru Suzuki. Like I just can't. Oh, because I was looking forward. To, I think I've seen Suzuki and and Ishii once before, and I just uh, hard yeah, hitting. Those guys are hard, hard hitting. It's a lot of fun when they get to wrestle each other. But uh, that's why I'm saying I don't know where they're going because they had a bunch of heavy hitters on the first way out. But Ishii gets the win over uh, Makabe here. Um, Toru Yanu is going to be uh, facing the junior heavyweight champion of NJPW, Hiromu Takahashi, L.I.J. That's who I'm going with. Can't who we got. Uh, Toru Yanu has, finds ways to win matches that he has no business winning, and this will be another one of those matches. Toru Yano advances. Exactly. Specifically his first round match, but he didn't really chance to talk about it, but three members of the Bullet Club couldn't beat Toru Yanu in the first round last week. Yeah, Toru Yanu, man, sneaky style. The guy's uh, the guy's an incredible wrestler and a very accomplished professional. Holds a pinfall victory over John Moxley. Uh, definitely not to be slept on. Um, and I believe uh, it was Taji Ishimori. That is the Bone Soldier of the Bullet Club, if I remember correctly, against Yoshinabu Kanemaru. Lots of upside on Ishimori. He's one of their um, junior, one of their juniors who could be in the mix for the title right away. Um, Kanemaru's more of a B-side, B-level player. He's like uh, NWO B-team kind of. So I say Ishimori would uh, get the win, get the win in this one. Yeah, Kanemaru. He's the guy that was carrying around a bottle of whiskey. I like that guy. I picked him. Comes out with a bottle of whiskey. Japan. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Bone Soldier on that one, too. I know Ishimura just spent some time in, in Impact, so I am very familiar with him. Um, and then he went back to Japan and joined the Bullet Club. Um, and, and what I'm going to assume would be the main event is Yuji Nagata against Kazucha Okada. The show um, stopped, I don't think I'm ever going to bet, bet against Okada in NJPW. You? No way, man. The show stopper, the headliner, the main event. No oh, one is stopping Okada until somebody does. Okay, so real quick, guys, we're just going to pay some bills. Uh, let me just get the graphics ready here. We're uh, a little bit over time. I do apologize for that. Uh, let's see what we're doing here. Um, that's the one that we want to do first. got to join our friends, Kurt, Kenny, Jim, and Petro, uh, tomorrow night starting at 8 p.m. as they talk all things sports over at the K&K Sports Show. Uh, which airs on Saturdays and Wednesday evenings live on Facebook and our sister-in-law station, the I-95 Sports Network. For more information, check out their Facebook page at the K&K Sports Show or visit the I-95SportsNetwork.com. And then also we have, where is this one? Boom. Episode number 24 of the Zoom, of the Primetime Rundown Zoom Interview Series returns tomorrow night, June 24th, when Joey Jarzenka sits down with the Athletics, Philadelphia Phillies beat writer, Matt Gelb, starting at 8 p.m., right here on the Eastern Observer. And then we actually have breaking news uh, coming out. You'll be hearing it for first, people. Uh, dropping before social media, I am proud to be the first to announce 
that the primetime rundown Zoom interview series will be welcoming the fourth periods and the NHL's Los Angeles Kings beat writer Dennis Bernstein on Thursday, July 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, for more information, please log on to theeasternobserver.com. As uh, what's that? So, uh, guys, we said we ran a little bit over time. I appreciate you so much for coming on again, filling in for Tyler. Uh, Tyler's at home doing some family stuff. Looks like we all have action figures up right now. I'll bring Vince up. <laughs> so that Jericho? All the belts. <laughs> nice. So, uh, anything you guys want to say before we head out? John Smith. Um, what the hell were the Butcher and the Blade wearing this week, last week? And also... Uh, Dexter Loomis and Bal- and the uh, the Dream are going to be the next tag team champions in NXT. Really, Dream actually, you know, he shot that idea down when Loomis dropped that picture on his couch. Yep, he said that that's going to go it's somewhere. Consolation prize for not for not getting the world title, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's fair. John DeConi, anything up from your end? Uh just thanks for having me on again, and. Uh... I think that's just about that covers just about everything. All right, I'm sure you're gonna get the last word in on the show, Kenny P. Thank you for coming aboard, uh, buddy. Your first show. How'd you feel? How'd you do? I feel pretty good about it. It was all good. I appreciate you guys having us having me on. It was good to chop it up with everybody. Uh, I made an album. It's at LuchaRock.BandCamp.com, and you could follow me on Twitter at the Mystery Men. Thank you. All right. My name is Al Carlo. We appreciate you very much for listening on Facebook Live and on uh, the I-95 YouTube Sports channel, which I believe is our sister-in-law channel, right? I said that right? Um, again, the show is sponsored by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Uh, please go on to their website uh, if you want to see any archived footage of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Um, again, my name is Al Carl For John Smith, King Kong Bundy, John DeConi, Chris Jericho, Kenny P, Alicia Fox, my name is Al Carl. Thank you very much. Alexa Bliss. Hold on. Let me get you up here, sweetheart. We love you, Alexa Bliss. Please keep smiling. John, you go for it, John. There you go. Uh, thanks for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors. See you next week, guys.